0: Welcome to Deep Tech 315. I'm Gene, along with Doug, and our three topics today are what is the probability we actually see autonomous vehicles in the next three years, especially after what we heard from Nitsa and Tesla this week. Second, we're going to talk about Adobe and their recent earnings and what it means for the substance of revenue growth from AI and last, we're going to talk about Intel's AI Everywhere event and where that puts Intel into the stacking order, the totem pole of tech, hardware, infrastructure related to AI. And so, taking it back to the top, uh, this week we had a, a day when uh, the market was essentially flat. Tesla shares were down at about 2.5%. There was news that there is a 2 million vehicle recall. I say that in quotes because it's a software update. I still have a hard time thinking about these as recalls, but. We'll, we'll play along with this, nitsa, And essentially what it does is it makes it so when you're using autopilot, you get more notifications, also known as nags, that say make sure your hands are on the wheel. There's better controls where you can't uh, f- like floor it through a stop sign and, and just totally override um, autopilot. There is a little bit more strength that autopilot has to make sure that you stay within uh, the boundaries, but mostly it's related to messaging and just kind of making sure people are doing what they're doing. And the reason why all of this came up was because uh, there have been accidents uh, with people using autopilot, and it is a reminder to me that we're not where I thought we would be at this point. Doug, I know a few years ago I said by 2024 we'd have full self-drive, and you said no chance, and uh, here we are now with uh, the. Uh, this dynamic with Nissan, And I just keep thinking, um, I keep hoping for this breakthrough moment, very similar to what we saw at GPT when it comes to autonomy, when the models just kind of hit that inflection point where the march of nines kind of falls into order and we get, voila, autonomy.
1: I think things in technology always take longer than you expect. I mean, this is just the most recent lesson. And throughout history, that's always been true. And so I think we should expect that we will get self-driving. It's an extremely complex thing to figure out. And I think that we're seeing some stuff with cruise in San Francisco. There was an issue there, obviously recently, uh, that was Basically tragic-
0: shut down now for all practical purposes.
1: Exactly, and, and we're gonna have these fits and starts as we have breakthrough technologies like these, because it's not just about making the tech work and putting it out in the wild. It's also about conforming to societal expectations and then ultimately there will be government regulations here that need to be dealt with and so all those things add up to a puzzle that will end up taking longer than we think i again like i'll say what i've been saying the whole time like we will get there we will get self-driving but uh you have to be a rational optimist and you have to extend your timeline because the government is going to operate on its own expectations not as fast as we want
0: Eventually, the governments needs to look at the data, the safety data, and I have this belief too that we're gonna, again, we're gonna have this breakthrough moment that eventually the models just kind of, uh, kind of uh, check over, uh, click over to a new level that is acceptable. Again, that Jet GPT example, and I guess why wouldn't that be? Why wouldn't we expect that?
1: Because governments don't operate on rational probabilities and data. I don't believe you could tell yourself a story that they do, but I think uh, reasonable people would say they don't. That's fair. They, they operate on emotion. People get elected on emotion. And when a robotic car hits a person, that matters more than any data that you can show about how safe they are. And, and that's just mm-hmm. the world we live in whether we like it or not.
0: Well, uh, the d- the data that Tesla has, by the way, in terms of how safe a car is with autopilot, it's seven times less likely to get into an accident than a uh, car without autopilot. Now, that's their data. Even if you, I think, adjust for that, I think it's safe to say that they are safer. And like you said, as now we, we still have NHTSA kind of picking uh, picking fights here with autopilot, even though it is safer. For those of you who've been following Doug and I for a little bit, you know this is like a a pretty hot topic for me. I think it is a huge issue. Uh, I was uh, uh, reminded yesterday that forty three thousand people lost their lives in two thousand twenty two in the U S. in car accidents, and it's maddening to me. I, I feel horrible for the people that uh, had uh, these these life changing outcomes with fs with uh, autonomy uh, f- um, with autopilot, but There's a lot of uh, safety improvement that can come across the board. So we're going to shift to our next topic.
1: One more thought. though. There's a saying in finance I've always loved, which is, do you want to be right or do you want to make money? And I think that you can extrapolate that saying into technology a lot. Do Mm -hmm. you want to be sort of morally right or do you want to be literally right? And I think that's where this debate comes in. I want cars to drive people. Yeah, self-driving cars are safer drivers than human beings. I think, in aggregate. But that doesn't matter from a timeline perspective. That's what we need to understand. Right. If you want to bet on when this is actually going to happen, when this is literally going to happen,
0: right. I There's think you a...
1: have to factor in all these other issues around governments and slowing timelines and then finances around that. Right. We're seeing issues with crews and them laying off more than 20% of their workers. And so we're going to get it, but just be realistic about the timeline of it.
0: Fair enough. I just want to throw one more stat in there too is Tesla, at the end of the first quarter, they had 150 million actual miles driven by FSD. At the end of June, it was 300, so it doubled. They gave an indication that kind of expected to be around 600 million at the end of September. It came in at 520, so a little bit of a miss there in terms of total miles driven on FSD in the most recent quarter. Like you said, it's going to take some time. Uh, Next topic is Adobe. They reported uh, stock traded off 5%, 6% after they had reported and they gave guidance for the first time. I think a little bit misleading here on the the sell off. Stock is up 80 plus percent year to date, so it's had a huge run up. And we are investors in Adobe at, at Deepwater and a believer that eventually these products, uh, for example, Firefly and and uh, Photoshop Elements, is uh, or Express is going to start to add these AI type features for image generation and content creation and get more people to start to buy their products people like like me spending ten dollars a month from for the basic photoshop product Um, and so the the guidance that they gave kind of left people wondering are we really going to see the uptake and the substance of ai sales happening for adobe in 2024
1: probably not i think is is the realistic answer and if you think about really the regime we're going into This year has been all about the mass experience of AI. Everybody's getting to touch AI. If you use ChatGPT, if you use Firefly on Adobe, which is great. I mean, the product is incredible from a consumer usage standpoint. But then the question is, well, is AI additive enough that they can charge more for the product? Or is it just a different interface? And I think we're going to have that discussion a lot in 2024 about a lot of different businesses. And for Adobe, I don't know if they've proven yet that Firefly is anything more than just a better interface where you don't have to know all the intricacies of Adobe programming tools, right? You can just use uh, natural language. And I think that natural language and what AI will be in many cases, it will be the new UI layer for every piece of software because it's mm-hmm. easier to use than learning you know, a different sure. system every time. One of the things I think is important, too, is to think about a company like Adobe or even Microsoft, which we also uh, own in one of our AI selected funds, powered by AI, is to put into scale, like how big these companies are and what AI needs to do to move the needle. It's really hard. Microsoft has 350 million paying customers right now. If 10% of those customers convert to co-pilot customers and they pay 30 bucks a month. That's a five percent tailwind to revenue. That's mm-hmm. how big Microsoft is. So we're talking about companies that are just so big they really You're need the to 5% create. saying the five
0: percent is not that much
1: for Microsoft. Do you think a five percent revenue I, tailwind is that much? I think I, I it don't. is.
0: I, well, I think, I think it's for, underwhelming. Well, for a company that size, it's like that moves the needle. But when you but when you're trading
1: at over thirty times forward earnings, I think you need more than a potential five percent revenue tailwind. It matters now, may, but maybe it's co-pilot, not the game. maybe copilot gets greater conversion. It could be ten percent it could be you know maybe all of the business eventually touches copilot somehow and everybody's paying another thirty dollars a month. That's the super Bowl case mm-hmm. but I think it's just it's useful to remember how big these companies are and then put that in the context of how are you going to charge for AI and actually make real revenue that changes the game.
0: And now now I'm thinking for next year, I mean, we are all in on AI. We think ultimately this is going to exceed all of the hype and be more transformative than we can imagine today. So as just a base, that's how we're thinking about this at Deepwater. But this conversation, it makes me think, should we have a little bit more modest expectations beyond Adobe, just across the board in terms of actual seeing actual hard monetization of AI in 2024?
1: I think about it in two worlds and like one of the worlds there's a there's an A and a B world there's the mega cap tech world and then there's the you know small mid cap and then later stage private world and in the mega cap tech world I think we are going to run into these questions about where is the real significant revenue opportunity there's absolutely a revenue opportunity but is it significant enough and coming fast enough to really move the needle for some of these companies because again they're all priced uh with fairly rich multiples we've seen the move in the qqq this year all of the mag seven are up i believe over 50 percent year to date if not more facebook's over 150 i think um, so i think you've got that as part one of the story part two of the story though is some of these other companies where they're much smaller and if they do have a hit product we're not talking about it being a 5% tailwind of revenue. We're talking about revenue being up 100, 200, 300% mm-hmm. potentially, you know, in a year or two. And I think that's the more exciting space to play in. that's where we've been spending a lot of our time trying to build our portfolios around the right companies. And I do think a lot of them are still actually in the private markets.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's, we do spend a lot of time talking about those private AI companies uh which gets us uh we're talking about big companies. We're gonna end on a big company note. Mentioned that Intel had their AI everywhere event. Uh this follows AMD's AI event and uh and NVIDIA's uh results recently. It's like every kind of chip uh related company is now weighed in over the past month. And there's just generally the for, first of all, for the, the announcements, the product announcements. Were just generally upgrades and marketing around new chip infrastructure for next generation, uh, for just new new chip designs for their current products. No more CPU related. They talked about having the first true AI chip for a PC. I think Apple with their M3 chip would probably take issue with that. We're not going to go and debate the specs here, but that was kind of the context. And then they have this uh, this Gaudi chip. It's a company that they had acquired. That is an AI accelerator. AI accelerator is code for basically a GPU for uh, for, for, all, for for the sake of this conversation, and that's obviously where all the growth has been from GPUs. And I think back about what Nvidia said that, that we're moving past a CPU world; that this is a GPU world for for more on the training side, maybe for the inference. And then Intel today, Intel saying that uh, there's still a lot of life left with the CPU and where there's going to be a huge need for CPUs. And my question is, not is there going to be a, a need for CPUs? I'm just trying to get a sense of is where's the growth coming from? Is it the AI acceleration or the CPUs? Uh,
1: I mean, the growth market in uh, compute in general is certainly in the AI accelerator space. I mean, I think we talked about this before, but AMD at their AI day, just a week ago. I mean, they talked about the AI accelerator opportunity in 2027, they thought at the beginning of the year it was $150 billion market. And last week they said it's a $400 billion market. Right. So I mean, they, they upsized their, uh, their estimation by more than hundred um, percent. So I think uh, piece one is it's all about the GPU. When we're talking about compute, when we're talking about the cloud, I think that that is no question sort of game over where the CPU comes in is what happens locally, right? CPUs are what drive our phones. They're what drive our, uh, our laptops. And there is a world and there is a use case certainly where people can be running AI uh, inference locally. So you know, you're not gonna train a model probably locally unless it's a very small model. But if you are asking a model questions, let's say you download a model to your phone or you download a, an AI model to your computer, you could just run it locally there. You don't need to send data back to a cloud somewhere. Uh, and that could run on your CPU. So mm-hmm. uh, I still got so that. It, it becomes a question though of like, is that better for who? Right. Like the average user probably doesn't care. They don't yep. care if something's done in the cloud or locally. There's some privacy benefits, but most people just aren't even gonna think about it. I think the question is maybe from some enterprise use cases, do they wanna run uh, inference locally? And does that mean that they maybe need to optimize some of their machines around local inference? Uh, maybe there's a play there, but you know it feels really small to me and sort of on the margin at this point. Uh,
0: I'll take uh, NVIDIA over Intel and the over under here. I think the, I'll take the AI accelerator and I'll take an opportunity to join you again in a week on behalf of DeepTech 315. That's Doug. I'm Gene. Bye for now.